Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. LaFondra looking to get side of Fon. LaFondra away from David! 3-1 running! Three points ready. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Elm Park Royals podcast. Today, we are going to be looking at previews for the upcoming season because it's previews. We are, of course, sponsored by Phantom Brewery for this episode. Um, Today as well, we have got or well, we'll be looking really at Everson's predictions. And that means that we've got the one, the only, we've got Alex Everson on the podcast discussing it. There's a lot of pressure here, isn't there? Let's be honest. There's it's tons of pressure. <laughs> it's it's the start of a new season. It's a league that we've not been in for over 20 years. So it's probably, I'm not really sure many people will know much of kind of the tops and bottom of the league, but hopefully we'll be able to give a bit of insight into kind of um, our predictions anyway. What our predictions will come to, who knows? But we're gonna we're gonna go go through them. Um, shall we start? Point out, I think we both put Reading to stay up last year, so that's not a great sign for this. I think that was only because we didn't want to be depressing. Because I think both of us wanted to put Reading in the bottom. I think I had them twenty third personally, um, yeah. but I couldn't stomach putting them in the prediction. And um, I kind of feel we've maybe done the same again this year, which um, is always a good sign when you're looking at back to back relegations when you do that. Um, so, so yeah, but, um, where, where, where do you want to start? Do you want to, shall we, shall we go with, let's, let's go with the top. Let's just go top to bottom. Let's go normal. Okay, top to bottom. Yeah. So, uh, so um, the top, top six, right? Top, top six. We'll start. We'll start with your, your top two with, okay. with promotion. My top two, I'm going to go with Bolton to win the league. Bolton um, to win the league. Yeah. So, Bolton have got manager who's been there three and a bit years in Ian Everett. Definitely have kind of found their stride, I think, under him. They finished in the playoffs last year, had the best defensive record last season, managed to sign Nathan Baxter, who was a, apparently a Reading target um, this summer to play in goal, which is a very kind of impressive pickup, I think. Um, they're not the highest goal scorers in 
you know, in the league. Um, and I think that they did kind of go on a little bit of a run to finish fifth last season, but they still scored 81 points. Um, but it's it's a defensive element that really kind of like pushes me towards picking Bolton to win the league. I, I think that they're just going to be so difficult to beat. And in a league where there's not a massive uh, quality gap at the top, I think not losing games to those teams around you is going to be really critical. So, yeah, I've got Bolton to win the league um, in first place. Seen, Following, seen a lot of people predicting Bolton up there. To be honest, um, yeah, like you say, I was. I can't lie when when we were linked with Baxter because he was from um, Chelsea. Yeah, he's like last season. Mm. Did very well, um, and he's yeah, he's. I think he was on loan at Hull for two two seasons back to back, um, and he played kind of half a season as number one last year, and he played the majority of their games. I want to say in the the year they got promoted from League One as well. Um, so it's it's definitely a good pickup, I think, for for a team which is going to be at the top end, certainly. Definitely, and I think following Bolton. Uh, I don't know how many people have got this team doing well or badly. I haven't looked at previews yet personally. I've just kind of like put my own my own thoughts together. So um second place I've got Charlton. Um so Charlton finished last season outside the playoffs, but inside the top ten just they they finished tenth and they were a good goal scoring side last season. Um but their problem was that they just couldn't keep any clean sheets. And Charlton only kept eight clean sheets last, uh, nine clean sheets last year. Um, and when you look at that in kind of context, Reading kept eight clean sheets last year and we were not very good defensively. So for a side to finish 10, um, yeah, 10th with only nine clean sheets indicates that they're a pretty good side going forwards, I would say. Um, and they, they just couldn't, they couldn't beat the teams with the, quality especially away from home and they lost i think they lost five out of six games away from home against teams who finished in the top six last season they picked up one point against peterborough and that's it but this season obviously with the in inverted commas bigger teams like ipswich and sheffield wednesday obviously not now in the league i think there's a an argument to be made that perhaps charlton are one of those better teams in the league at this point um, some of the signings that they've made have really kind of impressed me as well. They've picked up players who did very well in League One last season. They signed Alfie May from Cheltenham, who's, you know, he scored 20, I think 23 last season for Cheltenham, um, who obviously that Cheltenham struggled in League One. So to, pick, to score 23 goals is a, you know, really good amount to get. They signed Harry Estead from, from Luton, who was on loan at Barnsley in the second half of last season. And he kept... I mean, he kept eight clean sheets himself. In fact, no, he kept nine clean sheets himself in 22 games for Barnsley. So he kept more clean sheets for for Barnsley in half the season than Charles did all season. Um, and then they've also signed uh, a centre-back called uh, Lloyd-Jones Lloyd from, Ch- uh, from Cambridge. And he played 35, 36 games for Cambridge last season. But obviously, Charleston haven't lost any major players either. So I can only see them really improving under Dean Holden. And I think they'll they'll get the automatic promotion spot back to the championship this season. Well in I well I, I thought both of them would probably be in the third to sixth 
sixth region. Um, if Charlton do want to get up there, the uh, what they will need to do is just improve that defence. 66 goals they shipped last year, like you say, Alex, eight, eight clean sheets, I think. You know, it's... Um, that you can see where their issue is was last season. If they can fix that, though, bring in players like Alfie May. I mean, that's a fantastic pickup in League One. Absolutely brilliant. So, um, so yeah. We'll, I mean, um, yeah. I think I think Isted is is such a good signing as well in goal um, mm-hmm. from from Luton. It's one of those players who has kind of done it at League One level. I think he's twenty six, so he's kind of coming into that point of his career where he's probably going to be hitting his peak in the next year to two two or three years and Charlton managed to pick him up at exactly the right time and they can only really improve defensively this season they're not they're not going to get worse defensively I don't think so if they can maintain how good they were going forwards last year I just don't see them being a team which is going to finish you know miles off top that's fair let's, enough. let's look at the remainder let's, of the top yes let's let's move on to third to sixth now league one is notorious i mean for having I, I think it was a couple of seasons ago you had about four teams that could have possibly got into the top six um a few seasons back it's it can sometimes get really really close up the top there um and i think it's a little bit the same this season with your predictions alex yeah i think there's 10 or 11 teams who could all feasibly say that they think that they've got a playoff challenge this season or better. Them. Um, no, I'll just, no, not at the minute. And I thought, I thought you were going to pick it up for a minute there. <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry. One of them is Derby though. And I think Derby is such an obvious pick to finish in the top six, but they're obvious for a reason, right? They, were very good last season once Paul Warren signed. I think he joined after the start of the season. He didn't get pre-season with them last year. I think he joined in late September or early October. And then after he joined, they went on a run of games from October through to February where they just didn't lose. They didn't lose a game for almost four months. Um, And then this season, they missed out on the playoffs at the end of last season. I think they ended up finishing seventh. on the final day with their loss against Shepherd Wednesday, which which saw Shepherd Wednesday, you know, get third place but deny Derby a playoff spot entirely. Um but they've they've strengthened when you look at who they've brought in, they've brought in Curtis Nelson from Blackpool, who's you know played plenty of games in the championship last year. They've brought in uh, Callum Elder from Hull City to play at left back and then they've I think one of the best signings of the window in League One so far has been Joe Ward from Peterborough. And he plays on the right-hand side of midfield. And last season for Peterborough, he got six goals, he got 10 assists. I think that Derby are just one of those teams who are going to be, they're going to be very, very strong because they just don't lose games to teams at the bottom of the table. Um, I mean, That's that's before you even look at signings like Sonny Bradley. Sonny Bradley from Luton and Bradley Johnson as well yeah. from M- MK yeah. who's had a, a long season in championship and higher. Yeah. And I mean, you look at the, the quality that they've brought in suggests that they're just going to have a, they've just got a very, very strong league at one squad at this point. Um, and, and the teams at the bottom are going to struggle against, against Derby because the quality gap is just going to be huge. Um, it, when you look at Derby last year, they only lost two games against teams in the bottom half the entire season, home and away. I don't see Derby losing many games against teams like Cambridge, for example, or Cheltenham. I, it's just not going to happen with this squad. 
and that's going to mean that they're going to be up there again this season. And I'd be very surprised if Derby didn't finish in the top six. Why, why, why not top two then for them? Because I've seen so many predictions with them pretty much nailed on champions, fighting with Bolton seemingly. The, the, those two are almost the ever presence at the top of these predictions at the moment. Um, for me, it's just a case of two from three. It's similar to last year where you've got Plymouth and Ipswich and Sheffield Wednesday, who they were the best three teams in the division last year and they obviously all got promoted. And Sheffield Wednesday got 95 or 96 points last year and didn't get didn't get second place. I could see a situation where you end up with three teams this season basically walking away and there being a fight for two, basically two spots from three. And, a, you know, basically you just had to pick two from three here. Um, there isn't a, a right or wrong answer here. I just think it's a case of, I think Charlton might just be able to snatch it from Derby at some point this season. It's fair enough. It's fair enough. Well, like like I say, the one thing they'll need to improve is their their form against the teams at the top. So, but now with the likes of Plymouth, Ipswich, and Sheffield moving on, they might have moved up a couple. So, um, so yeah, because I think the teams that come down are rather poor. So, um, so yeah, mo- moving on, moving on to to fourth, fifth, and sixth for yeah. So fourth, I'll blast through them a bit quicker. Portsmouth in fourth place, um, just gone on an absolutely mad signing spree this summer. I think they've signed thirteen players so far this summer already. Um, all on frees or loans so far. So it can be done. Like, I think this is one thing that, you know, as a Reading fan, we can look at and be like, okay, teams can actually go out and reset a squad in one summer, all in freezing, you know, freezing loans. It is possible to do if your owner hasn't screwed you by not paying tax bills. Um, it's a problem. <laughs> it is a problem, yeah. But for Portsmouth, I mean, the, the two signings that I really like for Portsmouth, uh, Regan Paul at centre-back is a really good signing from Lincoln last season. Lincoln were, you know, a pretty good defensive side last year. I mean, they only conceded 47 goals. It was one of the lowest. In, I want to say it was in, it must be in the top six um, for goals against last season. And him, him coming in at Portsmouth is going to completely, you know, solidify that back line, which was already a pretty good defence last year. Um, they only conceded 50, so it wasn't like they had a, a bad defence as it was. Um, they've also signed in Sadie for uh, Christian Sadie from Bournemouth, who played last year for Shrewsbury. He scored seven goals, and I don't mean that, that that doesn't sound like a great return, but then when you consider the fact that he's going to be their second or third choice striker, you've obviously got Colby Bishop, who scored 20 goals last year for Portsmouth, uh, was their top scorer, and they've also then signed Abu Kamara from, from Norwich on loan who's a talent, he's 19. It's one of those moves where it could work out really well for Portsmouth or it could not, but they, I think that they've just made enough kind of like decent League One level signings um, that they're going to be in that top six discussion. And I think one of the one of the most amusing facts, anyway, when I looked at Portsmouth, I read their I read their manager name, and it's uh, Musinio Mousin, or Musinio. Yeah, he's the, an ex uh, Burton player. I think he, he's in, this is his first first kind of like full time um, full time job for for John Musinio is is managing Portsmouth. So it's he's only been in the job for six months, I want to say, or seven months at the point. I think he came in early this year, so it's. It's his first full season in charge of any um, 
like any team at all. So it will be interesting to see if they start well. I think that they they might go on just a bit of a a bit of a run and you know and be in that top six pretty much all season. I can't lie. When I first read it, I read it as Mourinho. So um, so yeah, <laughs> they don't have a chance for for Mourinho for Messina. Then that'll be disappointing. Very disappointing. Um, so anyway, moving moving on, fifth, fifth, and sixth. Yeah, so fifth, I've got Peterborough. Um, uh, they obviously got to the playoffs last year and had that epic collapse against Sheffield Wednesday, and they finished in sixth last year. I think they they kind of scraped their way into the playoffs in the end. Really, they only got seven. They got seventy seven points, but they lost seventeen games last year, and it was such a it was such a strange season for Peterborough because they started the season in such good form. Um, they won four of the first five and then they lost. They, they were so streaky under Grant McCann. And then eventually when he left and um, Darren Ferguson came in, they kind of, they, they re, you know, they reignited their form um, in the second half of the season. It, they haven't had huge squad turnover, but the, the main kind of issue that they've got is that they lost Jack Taylor, who got signed for one and a half million pounds to Ipswich over summer, who plays in central midfield, and he played every game from last season, scored, I think it was 10 goals last season for them from central midfield. Um, they signed in Archie Collins, who's a 23-year-old from Exeter, um, who's a good signing. It's not necessarily kind of the, the exact replacement, but it will be interesting to see whether he kind of picks up the same job that, Jack Taylor had last year and whether he can come in and kind of replace those goals that Peterborough are going to lose. They've obviously still got Johnson Clark Harris, which is going to be key for them to, you know, key for the season. If he if he ends up leaving before the end of the transfer window, you Peter it all bets are off with Peterborough really how as to how they do. Um but they've still got Kwame Poku on the right wing as well, who got a bunch of assists last year. I think he ended up with one of one of the highest assist totals in the league. I think he got 12 last year. Um, so those two are combining still. It's difficult to to say that Peterborough are not going to score enough goals, um, but I do think that they they might struggle slightly to just in central field dominate some of the games without having Taylor there anymore. Yeah, I th- I think so much of it hinges on Clark Harris for me for them, um, and also I guess what goes on off the pitch because they've got talks of. Um, administration um, talks and everything, which you know you don't want to see any club kind of go through. Which if that happens, I mean, that that could completely derail them if that happens. Um, yeah. I, I did see that they put out a club statement, which kind of just denied any of that was going to happen. But it's it's one of those things where if that happens, it completely it will just derail the season completely, and who knows where they'll end up if that happens. Yeah, but if they can keep Clark Harris, who you know I think he got twenty seven last year for. For for um uh, for Peterborough keep keep him, it's going to change their season. But we know what their policy is like with selling players in their last year of their contract. So we'll um have to have to wait and see on that one for Peterborough. In sixth place, I've got Bristol Rovers. Now this is a massive jump for Bristol Rovers because they ended up finishing seventeenth last season with Joey Barton. Uh, they only won two games in their last eleven. And they're a really, really streaky team as well uh, in terms of, you know, wins and losses. They they don't tend to be particularly consistent, I would say. Well, they are consistent, unfortunately. They're kind of like one of those inconsistent, consistent teams. Um, very similar to the other Bristol team who, when they had Lee Johnson, and they went on these massive long runs of, of wins and losses. 
Um, they're a team which I think will improve somewhat because they've they've kind of focused their summer recruitment on their main weakness, which was basically they just conceded way too many goals last year. Um, they conceded 73 goals and somehow, you know, weren't even really ever in front of relegation. Um, but they, they managed to sign James Wilson from Plymouth, who won the league for them last year um, at centre-back. And he played nearly every game at centre-back for them last year. They signed George Friend to play at left-back. Again, it's a really good signing for, for League One level, I think. Um, and then they've got Luke Thomas, who's come back from Barnsley, who was there. He was on loan last season at Barnsley. Um, he, he had 30 appearances for Barnsley on loan last year. And then you've got still Collins up front, who've got 15 goals. You've got Coburn, who've got 10. They've got a lot of like goals which spread around the team. And then they've signed... Javai Brown, who's a controversial signing for Bristol Rovers, um, what with his like kind of off the field, off the field issues. Um, but for Exeter last season, he got twelve goals and nine assists, but he only played twenty-seven times. So twenty-one goal involvements in twenty-seven games, and you put him up front. It, it, you know, he's a player which could could completely change Bristol Rovers season. Um, the issue, of course, is that if your de- if your defense hasn't improved. Are they going to finish in sixth place or are they going to finish in 16th? It's, it's kind of difficult to say because there's so many teams there who could quite easily upset them. One player as well that they do have and they got last season, um, which might strike fear into a lot of Reading fans' uh, eyes. I think we might have thought we might have finally got away from this guy. They've got Scott Sinclair. <laughs> Which I've, I've still got nightmares about that guy. Guaranteed Patrick, <laughs> isn't it? When he plays against us, got to. Um, yeah, it, it, I'm not it's looking, it's stunning because I watching Scott Sinclair play against us again. No, and I can't like I didn't know where he went after. Um, it was Preston, wasn't he? He was on I think for last season. Yeah, I think he signed Preston. in January or something for for um, for Bristol. But yeah, they got Scott Sinclair, which um, yeah, it's surprising he's still going. But I'm sure he's gonna gonna haunt Reading fans. But but yeah. Like, like, say with Bristol, it, it's 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 the other end of the pitch they've got to worry about. Really, not going forwards. Um, I think it'd be interesting as well how Marquez does for him as well because he's kind of a player that's potted along really at League One level. He's popped up some sometimes with a lot of goals. I, I remember he hit the ground running well with with Portsmouth. Well, I think when he was at Portsmouth, he got I think sixteen goals in a season, fifteen goals odd. Um, but some seasons he gets twenty goals. Other seasons he seems to get five, ten goals. So again. If they can get him firing, you know, they, they should hopefully get the goals. But um, it's going to be about keeping the goals out for them and how they uh, can do that. Um, I do kind of feel, though, you might have put them in because you've got a slight allegiance to uh, Bristol Rovers. No, historical um, allegiance. I've, I've gone and watched Bristol Rovers before at, at um, I can't remember the stadium name here. So this is not great a great start for me having a soft spot for Bristol Rovers. But, <laughs> um yeah, I've watched Bristol Rovers in the home end a couple of times when I was when I was living in Bristol. So um, I don't mind seeing Bristol Rovers do well. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
Got your happy price, price line. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, um, let's um, let's look at the other end of the table though. I, I was gonna say let, let's let's it's move not, on it's to it's not Bristol Rovers Royals. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's move on to the depressing end of uh, of the table and the relegations. I found this so difficult, by the way. I got I two or three teams I found quite easy to place in the bottom four, and then the last one I was just like, it could be anybody. Um, and was Reading in that final team for you? In the end, I haven't put Reading in the relegation zone. But I'll be honest. We've avoided the double relegation. In, they're definitely in the consideration list. They have to be at the minute. I think um, we'll come on. To, let's come on to Reading after we've gone through the four which I picked, yeah. and then we can discuss them very briefly. Um, I haven't put these in any particular order because ultimately, no one cares if you finish bottom or or twenty first in this league. You're still getting relegated. So, um, in any random order, I've picked Fleetwood. The ownership issues are going to hugely affect them. I think. Their owner, if you don't know, has been sentenced to 13 years in jail this summer. Um, they struggled the first half of last year, as it was, even with him out of jail. Um, and then they went out and signed uh, Jaden Stockley and Jack Marriott, basically, to keep them up last year. And they, I, They're not going to be able to do that this year, realistically. If they struggle in the first half of the year, they can't just go out and sign players who score them eight goals, like Jack Marriott did in the second half of the year. Um, and if he doesn't perform... Fleet could have just been massive issues. Um, I, I don't think that they're going to, they're not going to pull up any trees. And I think they, they're going to get relegated. Not dramatically. I don't think they're going to end up on 25 points or anything, but I think that they're going to struggle. Um, and Jack Marriott, as we've all kind of seen throughout his career as a player who's, <laughs> diva is the wrong word, but he struggles massively for long-term consistency anywhere. Um, you know, he's he's been in and out of feels like he's been in and out of football for about five, well, maybe longer than that, probably seven, eight years at this point, and always showed promise and kind of shows it in short term form, but not long term form. So I think if he if he doesn't perform, Bleakwood will go down. I'll go for the second team. Second team I've got going down is is Cheltenham. And realistically, the only reason I've got Cheltenham to get relegated is if you lose your top scorer um, from last year and you only scored 45 goals and your, you know, your top scorer scored over half or around half of those goals, you're in a lot of trouble, really, aren't you, in this league, in this league? It's not looking good for them. Um, I do have a friend as well who's a Cheltenham fan. I think he was he's just praying for for survival somehow, some way. I don't think there's much um, 
hope or kind of um, anticipation at Cheltenham, unfortunately, this year. Like you say, they grinded out results last year, um, got a lot of draws. Um, I guess they can maybe hope that their back line could save them this year. But, you know. Well, I mean, the, the major issue for, for Cheltenham, I think, is that they just haven't even replaced... Um, they haven't replaced Alfie May at all. No. Whatsoever. They, they, they've bought in a signing from Crystal Palace on uh, under-21s, and that's it, in terms of uh, like attacking options. Um, but it's a signing who scored four goals last season for for Shrewsbury in thirty five game or thirty eight games. Um, Robert Street. It's not an option which is, you know, it's not. It wouldn't excite me if I was a Cheltenham fan. Certainly, and I know Luke Southwood's obviously signed there, but it's. I, I can't see Cheltenham doing well this season. Unfortunately for them. I was going to say they might be um, relying on Southwood. I think if uh, if they want to stay up to um, try and save save some draws for them or potentially some one nil one nil victories, it's uh, it's going to be a long, certainly a long hard season. I think for for um, for Cheltenham, I think he's in a, a lot of people's bottom fours. He was certainly in mine. So uh, so yeah, yeah. I think Cheltenham will, will definitely struggle. The third team I've got to go down is Carlisle. Um, they got promoted last year by the playoffs, and. It's an interesting one because Carlisle fans are coming into the season um, quite confident, I think. Um, I follow and am friends with a Carlisle fan and they're, they're quite confident that they'll do okay this season. But I think when you look at what they've lost over summer, they've lost Morgan Feeney, who was their captain last year. He left to go and sign for Shrewsbury. They've lost Christian Dennis, who scored 20 goals from last year. He's gone. He's actually signed for Tranmere, so he's gone back to League Two instead of staying at Carlisle. And their replacements for Christine Dennis are uh, Luke Plange from Crystal Palace, who you might remember as one of those Derby youth players from a couple of years ago. So they signed him on loan from Crystal Palace, and Sean Maguire, who used to play for Preston a few years ago, Irish Irish player who played for Preston, um, but neither of them are really. Prolific goal scorers. Maguire's got nine goals in four years in, in England. And Luke Plange didn't score at all last year for Lincoln City on loan. I don't really think Carlisle are going to have enough firepower to to be able to keep them up this season. And that when you look at I mean, when you look at the amount of goals that they actually scored last year, and we're talking in League Two here, um, it wasn't exactly a high amount of goals that they scored last year when they got into the playoffs. I mean, they only scored 66. It's not like they were blowing teams away last year. So I think they're just gonna, not going to have enough firepower to be able to to stay up the season. Yeah, yeah, no. And I think for any, I, as well, when you when you think about teams coming up, it's it was interesting when I was looking at kind of who, who I was kind of putting in there with my guessing hat on. Um, for, for a League Two team to come up when you've got four four spots for relegation, it's it's so hard to actually I, I guess even try and get above that dotted line I think you know because the gap between League Two and even the bottom of League One and the top it you talked about kind of the strength of depth that you know the likes of Derby and that will have this year it's a really tough one if if when you're losing players that have scored again twenty goals for you in the previous season it's never never going to be an easy one yeah as you say League One is definitely a division where there is. There's almost two divisions inside the division, right? There's the top end where you've got the Udabi and Portsmouth and teams like that, but then your teams at the bottom, like 
Fleetwood and Cheltenham and Carlisle, and it's like they're on completely different stratospheres in terms of budget and player quality. And the last, um, I mean, the last team, I struggled a bit with the final team to put into the bottom four. And as I said, I, I considered Reading, I considered Port Vale, um, but the, the one I kind of landed on in the end was Cambridge. I think they were hugely fortunate to stay up last year. They didn't win three months after Christmas. Um, they ended up going on a little bit of a run once Sam Smith started scoring again at the end of the season and they won three out of their last six to stay up. But they were massively reliant on MK Dons basically just falling off a cliff and just couldn't win at the end of the year. They've lost two of their top three goal scorers from last year. Both have joined Reading in Sam Smith and Harvey Nibs. Um, they haven't really signed a recognised goal scorer at all in any of their signings. The only player who I can even think who's going to try and you know, try and come in and, and score goals for them is Silly Kai Kai, who's only ever scored 10 goals in a season once. And that's that's not going to be uh, an amount that is going to be able to replace both Harvey Nibs and Sam Smith, particularly when you look at the fact that I think Cambridge were amongst the lowest goal scorers, if not the lowest last year. They only scored 41. So there was only Atkinson and Forrest Green who scored less than them and they both got relegated. Yeah, yeah. When and I mean, when you're losing two two of your top three scorers anyway, and again, not really replacing them. I think um, uh, was it was it Kai Kai from from Palace? Yeah, Kai Kai. Um, he's a winger anyway. He's not even a striker. I don't think for he's definitely for, not a central striker. He might no. be replacing Nibs, but they haven't replaced Sam Smith particularly at all. No, no. And you know, Smith got I think it was thirteen for them last year, maybe, and I think fifteen. I think it was thirteen before. to fifteen. I can't remember the exact number, but it was around that sort of number. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and they, they've they scored 41, you know. So, again, you look at that, you're losing a lot of goals. In, and I mean, you look at Nibs in that as well. You're probably taking away half their goals they scored. Um, I think they're, a very kind of, they're in a very kind of similar situation to Cheltenham. They're, they're, yeah. they're competing in the division where it, the best players are never going to stay at Cheltenham or Cambridge for very long because their budgets are just absolutely minuscule when you compare them to, to teams at the top of the division. Yeah, and I think, to be honest... Cambridge and Cheltenham were probably the two first ones that I'd probably think of for, for relegation this year, unfortunately for um, for them, um, which is which is a shame because I'm really looking forward to actually going to to both grounds this season. Um, so yeah, who, um, oh, actually you said you said the ones that were in around the Port Vales and, and the like, didn't you? So um, we'll we'll move away then away from predictions because now we, we we've got we've had the Everson Oracle of Knowledge that has just come out there. There's been a if lot. If I get of- ten out of ten, I'll be. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be lauding that one next season trust me well i think didn't you i think you put blackburn rovers to go down last year i'm, in your I'm still on that train blackburn rovers to finish <laughs> in the bottom six this season <laughs> bottom six all relegated I, I think you had them in even in your relegation, to go relegated last year, last year. Yeah. i'm gonna go bottom six this year i'll play a bit safer given them a bit more slack so um so yeah so it's not a be all and end all um as ever with predictions they are just that um don't come hunting down the everson household if um if they are wrong or if um, yeah your team's been predicted down there and doesn't turn out to be down there um what i'm, I'm, I'm just gonna add add a little fun question because um with, with league one there are a lot of grounds that i think a lot of fans are going to be looking forward to next next year Alex, what are your probably top grounds? And before before you mention it, the Bristol City ground, Memorial ground, if that's on Bristol, on, Bristol on the Rovers list. Memorial ground, yeah, Bristol Rovers. Ground. Sorry, not did I say um, City? Yes, grounds I'm looking forward to. 
Browns I'm looking yeah. forward to. I mean, there's loads that we haven't played at for a long, long time. There's some we've never played at. Um, and then there's some that I feel like we've played at plenty of times already in the last 10 years. So places I'm looking forward to going to particular, Fleetwood, who I don't think Reading have ever played competitive game against. Fleetwood, um, and that's on a Tuesday night as well in February. That is, yes, a Tuesday night in February. So I don't think there's going to be thousands of Reading fans travelling up for that one potentially. I feel like that's going to be a novelty one. So many people will want to go to that one, I think, just because it's Fleetwood and it's on a Tuesday night. And I, like they say, I don't think we've ever played them. So, And they have no. got a banging chippy shop on the corner right next to the away stand, I've heard. Heard very North, good things about it. The Northwest on a Tuesday night in February, I don't think is that enticing. But we'll see. <laughs> maybe maybe I'm wrong. Um, Carlisle is another one. I think Carlisle is just one which I've wanted to go to for ages just because it's kind of the... It's the it's the away day, isn't it, Carlisle? Mm. When you look at it, it's it's the it's the trip more than the the ground itself. Um, although the ground itself is very very nice, Brunton Park. It's a very old school style stadium. Um, you're in you kind of end up in the corner as an away fan there. Um, it's kind of an interesting one. Um, obviously, is it, further, is it further than Sunderland, Carlisle? It's got to be close. I think it might be. It's got to be similar. Mm. It's probably takes you a longer time because it's it's kind of a cross. Bit more cross country than Sunderland, but um, it, I don't know about m- miles travelled, but probably a similar amount of time. Um, obviously, Oxford away will be a fun one. Can't actually remember what Oxford away is off the top of my head. I know it's in the it's second March, half of the season. I think, I think March. start of March from memory. <laughs> the worry with Oxford is that we've not had a good season by that point, and we end up going to Oxford and and getting just a bit kind of turned over. <laughs> well, if Oxford are up there, I've seen a lot of I've seen a lot of predictions predicting Oxford to be up there, which is a bit odd given that they finished nineteenth last year and rather hopeless. It is a bit um, odd given their shit, isn't it? Let's be honest. Yeah, um, yeah. I think it, it's it's always the way when you've got a rival and you want you always want to play them because you want to have that kind of rivalry game. But then when it comes about, it's like, well, what if we lose both games? Um, it's mm. not really a thought. I don't think many people will be want to consider but let's be honest this season i think it, the, at the current point in time if we beat oxford twice and we stay up then i'll probably be quite happy <laughs> you have had two banging days at least so yeah um other grounds that i'm looking forward to going to uh, and um, the ones i'm not looking forward to going to wigan away again who wants to do wigan yeah feels like we've just done it so many times um it's, it's not it's not an exciting one particularly uh, and Stevenage, because I think I feel like we've played Stevenage so many times over the last years. Obviously, not all of them have been away, but Stevenage, yeah. Well, it just last last one Stevenage. was the FA Cup, wasn't it? The infamous Yapstam debacle. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't have good memories from that. That was the only time I went there, I have to say. And um, yeah, I think I was rather peed off after it with a thousand other Reading fans. Yeah, I think Stevenage is it's not one I'm that excited for, but maybe <laughs> maybe people will be different for Stevenage. Exeter, I'm looking forward to. I'm looking yeah, forward to that. That'll be a fun one in mm-hmm. late August, uh, early in the season. I'm looking forward to Cambridge under block. So, like, there's so many grounds that we just haven't played there for so long. I think the vast majority of away games this season we will be at least interesting because they're new places to go to, and we haven't, we haven't played there for so long. So, yeah, yeah, no, away absolutely. days I think could be could be at least fun from that perspective. And I think that's a nice little positive to uh, to end on because um, yes, you did have us in contenders to get relegated, but at least we can justify nice... that. Am I allowed to justify that? Reading to be relegated? 
Uh, Renfrey in that kind of battle, right? Like, go on. I know You've it's a negative to finish off, but I might as well just try and justify myself so it doesn't sound so like incredibly, um, yeah, defeatist. Uh, I just think ultimately we don't have that many senior players in balanced positions when you look at the squad at the minute. There's obviously the hope that we get rid of the tax bill problem. We sign four or five players and we come up with a squad which is able to finish in the top 10. But at the minute, I just feel like it, we're looking at the squad and we're saying, look, we've got no midfield. We've got no midfield at the minute. We don't even, it's not even like we've got lone players, but we just have no midfield. At and all. that is on the proviso that Sam Hutchinson is our only. Well, I mean, they not, might not register, be here. <laughs> yeah, if we register Wing and Savage, and all of a sudden it's like, I'm a little bit more positive about the midfield. But at the minute, you, like, we don't even know if they're going to be playing. So it's, it's so difficult. And then I think that the strength and depth is just zero. Um, up front, we've obviously got Smith, who's come in, injured. We're looking at, at Andy Carroll playing up front, which is maybe okay in League One. I, I, you know, I'm prepared to kind of give that a go this season in the chance. Um, but what happens if he goes down? Then who are we looking at? We're looking at maybe Ian Bisherman being the number one striker and I I want to give the kind of the you know academy kids a, a chance and to prove themselves and stuff but there's a lot of them who haven't played senior football or very much senior football at all and it's going to be such a step up for them um it, I can't see them starting the season in particularly good fashion unfortunately so it wouldn't surprise me if we're in that kind of like bottom five, bottom six, bottom seven mix, unfortunately. But brought this one I up. might be wrong, you know, and things might change in two weeks and we sign three more players or four more players and things look very different. So, Well, fingers crossed we, that does happen. Hopefully the tax bill is paid. Hopefully we get three, four, five, six players in the, in the window and um, maybe we can go and enjoy some of those away days because, um, yeah, what, what was supposed to be a, a, a nice light-hearted way to finish um, has come a bit down. Thanks, Alex. Um, we might have yeah, to just sorry, ban you from a few. <laughs> we might have to ban you from a few podcasts now coming up. But um, but 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 yeah. Um, on the positive, like I say, lots of uh, lots of nice away days to uh, to look forward to. So um, thank you so much, obviously everyone, um, for listening to us. Um, it could turn out to be absolute rubbish what we've just predicted. Like I say, there are predictions at the end of the day. But um, hopefully you've enjoyed it. It's given you a bit of insight into the teams that will be up there and down the bottom uh, come the end of the season. And we will catch you on the next podcast. Thanks, thanks everyone.